Welcome, Mistorians. Host Austin Heave She and host Brenda She Her have been waiting for you. Come along for Secret Histories of Nerd Mysteries. everyone and welcome to episode 46 of Secret Histories of Nerd Mysteries. My name is host Brenda and I definitely don't have a window open right now. Hey all you people. Hey all you people. <laughs> hey all you people, won't you listen to me? <laughs> <laughs> I almost just cut you off. No, you're good. <laughs> yeah, that was perfect. That's, that's how Austin greeted me this morning. <laughs> oh, I got it. Uh, we're yeah. about to make a podcast. No ordinary podcast. A podcast that is extra nerdy. I was trying to think of like jellyfish jelly. I was like, what would go there? Um, but imagine I did that seamlessly. I could edit it to no. be seamless. Or no. if we have like very skilled friends who could do like a little remix for us. Um. <laughs> imagine I did that seamlessly and also that I sound like T-Pain. <laughs> but not T-Pain's auto-tune voice which is really good but his raw vocals which are also very good t-pain is also i saw a clip this morning of t-pain going like flawless undefeated taking out an entire team of call of duty people by himself so apparently he's also good at video games wow t-pain is just very talented t-pain is also have you seen t-pain's cosplays what t-pain also yeah t-pain uh Oh god, he cosplayed someone from like his daughter is really into cosplay. Aww. And he's very into fighting games as well, because he's just good at everything. Oh my god. And there's like someone from Tekken, she wanted him to cosplay with her, and so he made his first cosplay, and it's incredible. And there's videos of him like dancing in it, but it's like this old guy cosplay, like, it's like this old guy fighter. And so it looks Ooh. very funny to see him dancing. Like, cause like I mean T Pain's not like twenty, but he's not old, you know? Yeah. Wow. Uh Anyway, T-Pain is good at everything. I am sure if he had a podcast, it'd be amazing. He might have one for all I know, because apparently he streams, and I didn't know that. Oh my god. Just so talented. Just a renaissance man. Honestly. Um, we didn't plan what to talk about for the news today. No, I saw- hey, 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 people out there, hey, you, yeah, you. I know you're thinking DBZ brought an anime to the U.S. and you sound you're gonna sound dumb if you say that on the internet. <laughs> That's all. <laughs> um, it's like the fifth one. <laughs> like, listen to the po- Crunchyroll put out a podcast um, last year. I want to say I think it called was, yeah. Uh, yeah History of Anime in America, um, and it starts like back like at the beginning, beginning like kind of like how we started to get. Um, anime and like when it really got big and dbz anime was already around yeah we didn't we called it japanimation which isn't great but (laughs) oh no we did (laughs) we did oh no oh yeah oh the history of anime in america is a good podcast and like the whole history is just absolutely wild because it involves like daisy chaining vhs players together and like copying tapes and like um Oh, one second, my boss is calling. 
Hello, I'm back. My boss called me. I forgot to send my timesheet to her. It's fine. <laughs> Brenda's like, I don't need money. I just need money. <laughs> Uh yeah, so yeah, anime it did not start with DBZ. Um No. It's it was if you want to go with anime that was airing on US TV, it still wasn't DBZ. It's Astro Boy. Yeah. Honestly, the first big one was Astro Boy. Yeah. If you want to go like Astro Boy was presented as if you want to go with anime that was presented as anime <laughs> Japanimation um <laughs> It would have been something Saban did, probably. I'm trying to think. I don't even think Saban admitted it was anime. Like, I don't. I, that. Think DBZ, so? it might be DBZ. No, I mean, case. no, it's probably Sailor Moon. Sailor Moon first. Sailor Moon was localized by Deke, and Deke would not admit that oh, was that's an true. anime. So, yeah, we'll look into it. Um, But, you know, well, it's Tsunami- Astro Boy. Yeah, Toonami was an action. They called it an action cartoon block because they also had, like, yeah. Cody Loco. And I think Thundercast was on Toonami at some point, too. It was reruns, but... Yeah. So, I don't... The people who called it anime was probably Toonami, but probably not until they moved on in the 2000s. And that may not have been until, like, it was, like, Naruto. So, like, second wave of... Yeah. Well, like, third wave. But second wave, like, Shonen. I know I became aware of what anime was when Death Note came out. I started, tell it truthfully. <laughs> I started calling it anime after I saw Princess Mononoke, which was ah, yeah. when Toonami moved to being an evening block. Because mm-hmm. That did, was around Nar- Naruto times. Yeah, that was Naruto. Like, Naruto times when I was, like, anime. There was, like, a station that used to do, like, Ghibli marathons, and it wasn't Cartoon Network. Hmm. My gut almost says it was USA. Huh. Which is wild. But yeah, they would do, like, this is around when Spirit Away came out. They would do, like, Ghibli blocks. That's how I saw most of the Ghibli movies that weren't, like, Kiki's Delivery Service. Um, I remember we had digital cable, um, and they was, like, like in the hundreds. There was, like, an anime channel. But besides that, there was, like, another channel that would sometimes play anime, and I don't remember what it was, but it played, like... House Moving Castle, it, like, mm-hmm. played the Ghibli movies, it played, like, some weirder anime that I've still, like, like, they played Golden Boy. Uh, <gasps> on TV? On TV. I I, saw, I I watched Golden Boy on TV in my house in, like, the middle of the day. Like, they, like, did a marathon of all Golden Boy. <laughs> um, I think that gets into, like, the people didn't really know, like, even still, like, in the 2000s, they didn't really know what they were peddling to people. Yeah. Because Golden Boy was mm. not heavily edited. Uh, oh, what? <laughs> How? Uh, so I just watched all of Golden Boy, like, in my grandma's house, like, in the back family room. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and that was my first exposure to, like, oh, anime can be a sex thing, too. <laughs> um, I remember Sci-Fi did, like, a anime I after was... dark thing, and they also showed, say. like, it was not hentai specifically but it was like pretty close to what they show there yaoi <laughs> did you see they yaoi? showed they showed yeah because they had descendants of darkness on there and that's oh. a yeah like not like a explicit yaoi but it's not a tame mm-hmm. it's not tame it's mm-hmm. it's a lot and i i've seen more of it than i care to admit i remember on demand too like no, it was never behind parental block like it didn't get caught no. both like parental blocks because like people just didn't really get 
No. Well, and it's weird, right? Because like someone edited it and made it, and like saw like Golden Boy, like maybe we should mark this mature. <laughs> Shit. There was one I watched where it was like, it was an anime where people got powers and curses based off of their fetishes. Oh. <laughs> so the guy, the protagonist, his whole thing was like, his fetish was like he was like very obsessed with his camera. Um, and you don't see it before he gets cursed, but like they kind of allude that maybe he's a uh, he's like voyeuristic, but he ah. has funneled that energy into like being like a paparazzi photographer. Mm-hmm. Like he doesn't actively uh, harass people. Yeah. Um, but then he like gets this curse, and then he meets like the sexy lady, and all he wants to do is like take a picture of his camera, but it'll kill her because now his thing like kills people. Oh. And, like, everyone's power was, like, their fetish. Like, there was, like, a sub who, like, got stronger when you hit them. They're, like, it was, like, it, a whole thing was, like, sex and fetishes. <laughs> like, sex and fetishes and, like, quote-unquote depravity was, like, the whole thing. I was like, Austin, my boss is calling <laughs> <laughs> No! <laughs> All right. Sorry. I'll be back. We're back. You're back. Yeah. Anyway. It it there's been a lot of anime, uh, and I I don't think it was until like 2010 until people got like okay, so they make there's anime, and some anime is for kids and some's for teens and some is for adults, but it doesn't have to be porn. Okay, got it. Got it. Wow. Okay, we've been marketing this wrong for the for a long time. Like because <laughs> I I distinctly remember when. I like went back to visit like during college and what did I try and watch? I tried to watch Witchblade mm-hmm. and Witchblade got caught by like parental blockers. Ooh. And I had, to, I was like, I was in college. I was like, Hey mom, what's the thing? So I can watch <laughs> Witchblade. <laughs> I'm an adult and I want to watch Witchblade. <laughs> it was, listen, I had been told it. it the action Look. scenes in Witchblade are pretty good. There are a lot of boobs. They're, they're, I'm not judging. <laughs> I did rewatch Golden Boy. <laughs> <laughs> That's a no judgment here. I own a couple doujinshi. <laughs> Gold, to be fair, if you're an adult, what you have to be to listen to this podcast, Golden Boy is also pretty funny. <laughs> it, it, I rewatched it to see like if it was as funny as I remember. If I was just a fourteen year old who got to fucking watch Golden Boy, <laughs> um. <laughs> It is, it is, it was pretty funny to me when I was, like, 19. I have not rewatched it since, because it is not easily available, which, as it should be. <laughs> yeah. Golden Boy is kept out of the hands of the people. It really, it really should be. <laughs> it really, it really should not have just been on, like, it was called, like, the Cable. Anime Network or something, just, like, playing during the day. No, during the during the day is the wild part. It's like okay, we've got an anime network. Like, what do we show during the day? Like, maybe like oh, well, we could like break out some like Dragon Ball Z mm-hmm. and some Gundam mm-hmm. and some Doraemon if we're getting real spicy. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. It was like Golden Boy, this camera anime I was telling you about. Uh, they played Witchblade, but I as a teen I was like I shouldn't be watching this, so I didn't. <laughs> uh, what else did they play? They did have some Gundam. They had um. Oh, that's where I saw, uh, oh god, what's it called? The ghost story one that is dubbed as a oh, comedy. ghost stories. Go- it's just called ghost story? <laughs> Jesus. Ghost story. Uh, that's where I saw that one, and I, I didn't know that that was, like, dubbed like, like, I didn't know it was dubbed <laughs> like that in caps until, like, 
four years ago when some when I was like at my house talking about someone's like, oh, yeah, they redubbed it as like a comedy, but it was meant to be like really scary. And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me? Yeah, they just decided no. <laughs> like the dub team was just like, no. They're like, we've got the license for this, but we also kind of low-key hate it. <laughs> like, what do we do? <laughs> let's do what they did to Pizza Cat. Ah, let's use the Pizza Cat method of dubbing. <laughs> but we can cuss. Now we can cuss. It, now we can, g- we can listen, take... Listen, <laughs> it <we> works. Can... <laughs> Definitely hasn't aged super well, but like no. what comedy has? it? yeah. At the time, it was what we needed. <laughs> it was the idea of the power of, like, and I'm sure that, like, the ripples for the industry were felt. Like, I'm sure that you cannot pull that shit now. Um, yeah. Especially with, oh, my God. I'm <laughs> I'm glad we're a smaller podcast because I can say this. Um, especially with, like, all of the shit about, like, ac- quote-unquote accurate translation that's going oh around God. right now. Jesus, shut what up. Shut, shut up. <laughs> What the fuck just is shut that? Up. <laughs> Someone was just like, when you translate, you take one word and you translate into another language. It's like that's not how it's language the... works. Yeah, like anyone in any single fucking child on the internet that's like that cries about accurate translation or censorship or whatever clearly has never once in their life studied another language. Exactly, it doesn't have to you be know, Japanese. You just clearly any language. Yeah, any like. You could you could take okay you got English you could go from English to like another Latin based language right yeah it's that's you know, like, not how it works it doesn't like you know Spanish and French are like kind of like s- similar in some ways to English but they're not English mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um you know it's like how I was watching um, Skate the Infinity right um which. When I was watching it, I was like, some of these translations are like, re- like with the subtitles were mm-hmm. like very clunky. Mm-hmm. I was just like, this is not how people talk, right? You know, because it, it was done very literally, right? And it turns out that's not good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's like you don't want like you ever taken something and plugged it into Google Translate and then posted it thinking you sound like a fucking weeb on the internet? I'm letting you know you sound like a robot. Oh, <laughs> like I took it, a... Yeah, don't do that because it's definitely... Um, you'll get all the words. You will have no context anymore. I was... So I follow the Conan like Facebook page and they like mm-hmm. per- post like new Conan merchandise and mm-hmm. it, it's on Facebook so it auto-translates. Did I take a screenshot of that? Oh, God, please. Oh, God, please. Oh, God, will- I'm like... Facebook and Twitter's auto-translates are incredible. Yes, I did. Um, So it was for, like, t-shirts and, like, reversible towels. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, like, what they probably meant to say was, like, all types, like, all kinds. Yeah. um, Because there's different characters on different ones. Um, But Facebook translated it to all species. (laughs) So it says reversible towel, all species. T-shirt, all species. (laughs) And that's the thing, right? Like, you might be thinking, how hard can it be? Like, why can't we get good software to do? And listen, I would love if someone could design software that could accurately translate stuff because it would make us, it would make it easier to connect to other people around the world because Mm -hmm. learning another language is a very difficult task. It's so hard. And especially, like, the older you get, the more it's like, it's not happening, bud. Um, Yeah. And so, like, that would be cool. It is very difficult because it's, like, hard for human brains to do. And we, like, 
a program can only think as much as you program it to. Yeah. And we we cannot make a Terminator robot, so... <laughs> <laughs> Let's not do that. You know, how about we just teach other languages in our schools before high school? Yeah, that you know? would be great. I... That would be really cool. And then maybe offer more than Spanish, French, and Latin. That would also be Why... great. <laughs> Why are we teaching Latin? Why are we... I It fucking destroys my brain that we teach latin and not like not even like arabic yeah like how do you listen we're in michigan me and Brenda are in michigan we're in michigan how the fuck is arabic not in every single school dearborn is right here it's right there it's It's right there (laughs) it's wild to me you go within like an hour radius of dearborn and like there's a lot of people who speak arabic yeah like (laughs) i feel like we should know it it feels like everyone in michigan should like it feels like we should be teaching kids English, Spanish, and Arabic with time and resources. Like, I'm not I'm not saying kids should be in school for 14 hours a day, but... Yeah. You know, but, like, you know, not offering Latin. Like, literally, like, the options at my school were Spanish, French, and Latin. And, like, wild. to me, French... No offense if we have any French viewers. I will never need to know French. Yeah. It's, it's <laughs> I'm not, not going to go to France. <laughs> like, if we're going to have a fun one, like, at least make it be something fun. I don't... Sorry, France. <laughs> sorry yeah latin. sorry sorry i mean latin like I what why why spanish makes sense so i took mm-hmm. spanish um definitely skipped spanish a lot but that mm-hmm. wasn't the language that was the teacher yeah. <laughs> i just didn't want to be there <laughs> yeah so yeah if you're out here like just you accurate translations you don't know what you're fucking talking about i'm letting you know i'm letting you know right yeah. now i've talked to phd like phd level people in fields of foreign languages and I'll be like, how hard could it be to translate? And they will literally laugh at me. <laughs> so. It, yeah, it's, and it's a major skill. One, mm-hmm. Crunchyroll, pay your translators more. Yes. And Viz and everyone else. Because it's a hard, hard skill. I have to get up and let Angel out of the basement. Um, Like I, for, when I was learning Japanese, we would do like translation assignments and they'd be like, translate this paragraph like, I think that, like, when I was at the highest class level, it was, like, translate this paragraph from, like, English to Japanese or Japanese to English or whatever. Um, or, like, write a one-page summary in Japanese, and it would take me, like, four days. Mm-hmm. Oh, we had to do... I did when for my, um, the end of my program, I went to Japan, and I did a assignment in Japanese where I was, like, researching, uh... You see, like, how often people would, like, stop at shrines in their daily life. Because mm-hmm. um, I had a lot of interest in, like, the re- the religiosity of, Je- of Japan. Because it's, like, very, depending on how you rate it, it could be very high compared to America. Because a lot of people, like, part of the routine is just, like, stopping by a shrine as they walk yeah. home. But Which it could be very did. low because it isn't, like, when you compare people and, like, if they believe in it, they're like, this is just what I do. That's a different question. Mm-hmm. Um, I... On, like, one... I was gonna do audio interviews and then, like, transcribe them. On one audio interview, it took me, like, a week. (sighs) It is... It is... Because you need, like... I can't stress enough, even if people that are fluent, how often they are re-listening to the same, like, 45 seconds to be like, what did they say? Mm Mm-hmm. It is so hard to translate things. And so, like, I don't know. If you want, like, an accurate word-for-word translation, I don't... Go fucking learn the language and do it yourself. (laughs) I don't know what to tell you. (laughs) You'll figure out, like, I've been doing, like, on and off Japanese for, like, a couple years now. And it's mm-hmm. like, let me tell you, proficiency is low. <laughs> yeah. 
I read one sentence in a book for middle schoolers, and I. That's pretty like, good. Okay, that's it. I'm done. It's pretty good. Put the book, put the book away. I was like, that's it. Yeah, it's something like you need to know. It's like to read a typical newspaper. It's like 1500 kanji. You need to be fluent in. And I was like, yeah, absolutely not. <laughs> wow, <laughs> that's a lot. That's a lot of kanji. I know 80. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I think I'm at my apex. I was at like 150. And now I probably know around 80 of like from retention. Yeah, it's like I know the the bare minimum of kanji right now. That's fire. <laughs> oh, I remember that one. That's Monday. Nope, Tuesday. <laughs> Dog. <laughs> Monday Tuesday. Rain cloud. <laughs> <laughs> like the, the, just like doesn't mean it does not help you like oh that means thunder what's it mean in that sentence oh i have no idea but the country <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah thunder but in con- conjecture with these other ones who knows um <laughs> that's the radical you know, that's... for heart <laughs> i got that one <laughs> can't tell you what it says but that one part of it means heart alone that's c- <laughs> <laughs> you're welcome <laughs> oh god yeah we don't i don't i don't news probably happened this week nothing that caught my eye yeah we don't have time to talk about the news um so uh oop <laughs> that's okay it wasn't as exciting as last week pokemon snap uh, comes out yeah uh, by so the by time, time you hear this, this you've already yeah. played pokemon snap for a week but pokemon snap comes out i'm gonna manifest that like wow this one is um even better than the original Oh, that's okay. a lofty goal. But Brenda is saying that 24 hours before playing Pokemon Snap. And I, I can just imagine getting a text tomorrow. Austin, I need to scrub the podcast. I need to, I need to bring the podcast. I need to edit the podcast and remove me saying that because I can't. I can't have a, such. Do you remember when we did the Pokemon Direct? And I yeah. was just. There was something we said recently that was like, oh, look at it. I feel like it happens a lot where we say it. And then the next day, the world's like, you're a fucking liar. And everyone's going to know next week. Yeah. You know, that's what happens when you record a week in advance. Speaking of a week in advance, I'm not yeah. running the I'm not running the episode today. Brenda is. I don't know if that's a good transition for her. <laughs> oh, yes. Okay. So my actual transition is it's a very rainy day today. Yesterday it was 80 and today it's like 50. Yeah. So... Today's a day where you wouldn't want to be outside. Mm-hmm. I'm doing indoor theme parks. <laughs> oh, okay. I wanted to do something a little bit different, and I love talking about theme parks. You do. And indoor theme parks are their own tiny um, beast, which um, mostly is a failure, which, you know. Which makes especially, sense. Yes, it definitely does make sense, especially right now, wherein is they cannot operate <laughs> at all. So, so what what would we classify as an indoor theme park? Because my head immediately was like, oh, like Little Caesars Land, which is not a theme park, I would say. Yeah, so Caesars Land is not so much a theme park as an indoor play place. So like Caesars Land, Discovery Zone, maybe a big Chuck E. Cheese, um, Jeepers. With Jeepers the... is on the border because sometimes Jeepers do have one tiny roller coaster, but yeah. let me tell you, I'm not including it for this. That was That's okay. So that was what was in my head. I was like, okay, but like mm-hmm. sometimes they'll have like a little fair. Sw- like does the does the New York does the Times Square Toys R Us count? So the toy the 
Times Square Toys R Us, I would say, doesn't count. Okay. Um, it's borderline because it is a big Ferris wheel, but like the kind of trappings, that's really the only attraction. Fair. Uh, yeah, there's like nothing, nothing else that would denote it as a theme park. And it also like, you know, that, you know, it's just, it. that's it. So that's kind of where the line is drawn. So mm-hmm. like indoor, like water parks aren't being counted for this one. So like water park hotels, um, not counting those. Um, I am counting theme parks located in malls, mm-hmm. but not little ones. So we're talking like Mall of America, um, American Dream Mall, mm-hmm. and a couple of these are in malls. So I did include those because they are part of like the history of the indoor theme park. Okay. Kind of like from the very beginning. Um, so like kind of the point of an indoor theme park, especially up here where it snows a lot is um, it can operate all year round. So that's the allure of having an indoor theme park in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, so like parks like Cedar Point, which are like outdoor theme parks up here in the northern area, have like an operating season from around May to like either like October or early November. Depends mm-hmm. on the weather. And mm-hmm. then a lot of times like the later they get in that season, they have to like operate minimally. Like you cannot run a roller coaster when the track is icy <laughs> like you just can't do it um i mean you could try but you shouldn't <laughs> yeah you should not like some theme parks do and let me tell Uh-oh. you that sucks <laughs> that's bad um so like parks in like california and florida get to operate all year round with like very minimal like closures due to weather so like you know sometimes a park in florida will have to shut down for a hurricane or a that's or a pandemic <laughs> You know, Florida sometimes a park in California. <laughs> sometimes oh, Disneyland just reopened. Motherfucker. Anyway. Yeah, I know. We're not gonna we're not gonna get into that. A lot of times, having a theme park up here, theme parks will close because, like, you know, it's harder to get back revenue when you have to close for a good chunk of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're gonna go back to 1975 and the opening of what is considered at least the first indoor theme park in the United States, if not the world. Um, and this is a little theme park slash mall called Old Chicago. Um, it was created by Robert Brindle, who mm-hmm. went to, who was like a mall developer in the Chicago area. Mm-hmm. And he traveled to California with his family and went to Knott's Berry Farm in Disneyland. And it was just like, it would be really cool if Chicago could have something like this. Mm-hmm. Like, why can't we have something like this? Mm-hmm. The answer is snow. <laughs> <laughs> So the answer was snow. Um, and because he was a mall developer and building a mall was what he was used to, mm-hmm. his original idea was to build a giant mall that happened to have a theme park attached to it. <laughs> so hear me out. You uh, you buy your Gap <laughs> jeans, right? Okay, so you got your Gap jeans. And what do you want? You want to test these. You want to test drive these jeans, right? What's the best way to test drive them? Roller coaster. Take them on a roller coaster. What are you talking um, about, man? <laughs> <laughs> so the thing with this mall is that he didn't want to include stores like the Gap. He didn't want oh. to include big box stores. He was like, his plan was, I'm just going to have like smaller businesses and like tourism stuff. And like, that's going to bring people from out of town to this mall to see the theme park and see this mall that I built. That was his plan. His he didn't want to target people who just lived in Chicago. Mm-hmm. This is a mistake. <laughs> um, so it opened um, in 1975 with uh, 
340,000 square feet of retail and entertainment space. Like around like two, yeah, 200 shops and restaurants. Um, and not only like the first indoor roller coaster, but one of the first corkscrew model coasters from Aerodynamics. So we know this is like the corkscrew from Cedar Point. Uh, um, this was one of the first ones of those, which at the time was revolutionary because there wasn't really a roller coaster that went upside down. But today we know it as the worst thing imaginable. Like if you want to have a, a headache the rest of the day, <laughs> go on a roller coaster that goes upside down. It just literally like it doesn't have enough padding, so your head just gets bam, 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 like between the headrests. Like it's a miserable experience, but it was the first indoor roller coaster, so. I'm gonna clap a little bit for it. <laughs> I, I frankly am too terrified of roller coasters. That's fair. I'm also pretty terrified of roller coasters. Um, sometimes you can get me on a launch coaster, but I always have that moment like <laughs> I could die, <laughs> like, <laughs> which maybe isn't like a great thing for when you're trying to have leisure time and they strap you in here and just like my hands in, are in the life of a mechanic who gets paid minimum wage <laughs> uh yeah i mean you that's know? why i i don't get on roller i don't you see people are like it's fun because you think you might die and i'm like i'm gonna back you right the fuck up there chief i could just do that by going on my porch so <laughs> you know yeah it that's very valid um there's other fun things to do with yeah i just I'm, I'm, I'm not big on roller coasters that's all that's absolutely fair we'll get along if we ever someone ever drags us to cedar point We'll go get the, I don't even know. I've been to Cedar Point so long. Well, there's, I'm sure there's some treat they're known for, right? Like um, a lemonade. Well, they, have, <laughs> they used to have this big, like way at the back of the park. I think it's where Maverick's located right now. And it's currently a Chick-fil-A. But oh. it used to be, yeah, it, it used to be a pizza place. And they would serve like these giant thin slices of pizza and let me tell you oh so good okay <laughs> so we'll go that's get where those. i would go to eat yeah well they're not there now it's a chick-fil-a oh, but right. well but they do still have like the big you can get the big ice creams in like the frontier area like that are pretty good mm -hmm. um there's a panda express there now we can hang out in the snoopy store um okay so there were also 31 other rides a lot of them were just like you know box flat rides mm -hmm. you know like you see it at like a carnival mm -hmm. and their mascot was called charlie baffle he was an old mustachioed man oh i'm baffled by him <laughs> yeah brenda <laughs> yeah so because of that decision to like have like the um no like larger chain stores and mm -hmm. to ignore local chicagoans who might want to go to this park it didn't do very well <laughs> okay um, so i feel like there's a theme here yes and so, we, yeah, we are going to get back to this, too. <laughs> Don't worry. Yeah, I feel like there's a theme. And that's just, I say that here, everyone, even though we've talked about one place. And that's because Brenda covers failed amusement parks and attractions for her YouTube page that you should all check out. Um, <laughs> and I'm seeing a theme from all of the ones you've ever talked about. But continue. <laughs> yes. And we're going to correlate that at the end, um, for sure. Uh, okay, so in 1976... Like, so a year um, mm -hmm. year after Old Chicago has opened, Marriott, of all companies, <laughs> decides to open an outdoor theme park in the north of Chicago um, called Marriott's Great America. <laughs> and this <laughs> and this still <laughs> functions to this day as Six Flags Great America. So Six oh. Flags did purchase it from Marriott. Yeah. So you've heard of that one. Yeah. I did. 
It's it was originally owned by the Marriott Company. Huh. Wild. Um so so that started to like bring people away because that was more applicable to um actual Chicagoans who like wanted to get away and mm-hmm. have like a full theme park experience. Mm-hmm. Um as large as old Chicago was, it just could not compete with a full-fledged theme park that had like multiple outdoor rides and was mm-hmm. like a really great place to go in the summertime. It just absolutely could not keep up with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then compound that with like the issues it had during construction where it went mm-hmm. way over budget and um, it started closing on Mondays and Tuesdays in 1978. So this is a mall that is not open every day of the week anymore, which is um, wild. <laughs> Wait. Okay. So is the, is the idea that it's a mall or the idea is it's a muse a, a track? Like w- which one are they trying to focus on? It, they don't really know. Eventually they started trying to like bill it as like an entertainment space. So they would invite talent to like, kind of like do like shows and they would have like little tiny, like conventions, like psychic fairs would like, be there. <laughs> I think. <laughs> I'm sorry. I know. I was just like, My favorite oh, episode wow. of That's So Raven inside of the amusement park mall. <laughs> They didn't really know what they wanted it to be, and it wasn't bringing in enough money to be much of anything. And then it also um, just had sprinkler issues. So, like, fires kept breaking out, and then, like, the sprinklers were inadequate, which is very ironic for a place called Old Old Chicago. And then director Brian De Palma, um, who's a Hollywood director. Yeah, wait. (laughs) (laughs) What? Yeah, so he filmed uh, The Fury in... uh, in the 80s mm-hmm. he filmed that at the park and he did like significant damage to the theme park <laughs> while filming hey can i use your theme park yeah all right cool it's fine if we break shit right what you already said the contracts <laughs> yeah it's i broke shit um i was reading like an old newspaper article about that and someone was um uh, brian de palma <laughs> was the first person to try to demolish the mall <laughs> what Hey, can when I film he here? Can I film here? Yeah. Cool. Is it fine if I also blow it up? If I fuck shit up inside this small? <laughs> imagine a film, like, not not even at your place of work. Imagine they come to, like, your house and, like, hey, we want to film a party scene here. Your house is perfect. Yeah. Oh, also, someone's going to get thrown out the window. What? What? <laughs> Excuse me? Wait. <laughs> Yeah, so Old Chicago, um, surprisingly to no one, closed in uh, 1981, and the building was demolished in 1986. And Brian DeFalm was like, I could have fucking done it for you. I could have done it years (laughs) earlier without you having to go into bankruptcy. (laughs) If only you would have let me. We could have been done with this. Exactly. The land remained vacant for a very long time. Up until January of 2020, when it was purchased by Amazon to use for a facility. So, yay. Now it's a, <laughs> it's like an Amazon, whatever they, what, yeah. what are they called, you know. A warehouse. Yeah. A, a, a fulfillment center. I didn't look up exactly what kind of center it was. I was just like, wow. Great I feel like that happens land. where, like, they just, they just, like, buy stuff that you don't think they would have. And it's like, it's actually Amazon now. Oh, great. <laughs> I love You're like, that. What? I thought that was still my local pizza place. Nope, it's Amazon. That's why the See, pepperonis the tiny... always form an A. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that one got me really good. I love that. 
Yeah. So that's the end of that story. Um, moving on, mm-hmm. we're now in 1976. Mm-hmm. So we ha- actually have to go back and back a little bit. So this is a year after Old Chicago opened mm-hmm. in Atlanta. We're going to talk about the world of Sid and Marty Croft. Okay. Um, Austin, do you know who Sid and Marty Croft are? Um, it sounds familiar. Yeah. So around the 60s and 70s, Sid and Marty Croft were um, like the kings of children's programming. Um, so they're the creators of, they did the character designs for Hanna-Barbera for the Banana Splits. They did, yeah, H.R. Puffin stuff. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm sure they did. I don't know that one. H.R. Puffin stuff, Simeon and the Sea Monsters, uh, Land of Lost or something. I don't, I don't know that one. I didn't care. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> these two were in, like the. Sorry, I was. Yeah. This is. Oh, go ahead. This is like way before. I know one, both. I, I don't know if they always worked together, but one of them was like in vaudeville. They used to be in the Ringling Brothers Circus, like way really, like, yeah, in the four nineteen forties. They were like because they were like puppeteers, right? I think so. I know I know circus stuff. If everyone, that's another random thing I know about is circus stuff. I was really <laughs> I was really into circus stuff for my teen years. I I was like I'm gonna be Dick Grayson. Aww, I love that. And for some reason, I was like, that means they know the history of circuses. That's not what you need to know to be in a circus. Also, you probably should not join a circus as a child. <laughs> Please don't join the circus. It's, don't do it it's, it's not, not just not a random great. warning from your parents it is not a good place to be <laughs> <laughs> anyway so they worked on uh mr puff mr marshmallow puff from ghostbusters <laughs> <laughs> yeah look up a picture of hr puff and stuff i just want you to see what this All looks right, I'll like look that up. My, well you keep going this is yeah, this is what my mom watched when she was a kid. Okay, let me... Like, she, at one point, they had the DVDs at the library, and mom was just like, we have to watch H.R. Puff and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I was just, like, in high school, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, okay. And it's very oh. psychedelic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Um, this looks like... A okay, so imagine if you would, um, a mushroom that grew like a bug body. Is it supposed to be a dragon? We don't know. The science is not back on that yet. <laughs> oh, what has happened? Oh my god! Any so, of course, someone was like, they need to open a theme park. Exactly. Well, they these these guys were the kings of children's programming, and they are still active in it to like up until very recently. Like one of them's in their nineties, the other one's in his eighties. Um, they had a new show on Nickelodeon, like Nick Junior, called Mutton Stuff, which ran from twenty fifteen to twenty seventeen. What? And yeah, which was wild. I did not know that. And they both received lifetime achievement awards um, during the daytime Emmys in 2018, and a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame in 2020. So like, we don't get it because we weren't there. But these guys had enough clout at this time to open an indoor theme park in Atlanta, Georgia. I'm sorry. I'm still stuck on 2015. They op- they had a Nickelodeon. Right. What? Right? I was like, that's a typo. And then I clicked on it. I was just like, what the fuck? They also worked on the Brady Bunch. Yeah. 
They've done everything. What? <laughs> what is mutton stuff? So, what is mutton stuff? So they, someone is irate on my road, sorry. I can hear. Honk, honk. Oh, it has the dog whisperer. Oh, well, that's not great. <laughs> it's the dog whisperer and someone who looks like the dog whisperer. I don't know if it's his actual kid. And a dog. Uh, there's some and real. Dog. There are some real dogs. And then there's a costume dog that looks like they took the head from H.R. Puffins. Oh, there's H.R. Puffins stuff. They did a crossover. <laughs> no! What? Oh, no! Wait a second! <laughs> they did some kind of crossover when they brought back the old Wait a model. Se- Wait a second! H.R. Puffins stuff visits... <laughs> for right like who's my mom it's for your mom and her grandkids she doesn't have i guess (laughs) like who they're like yeah we're gonna do a cross we're gonna open up the hr puff and stuff cinematic universe oh my god i need everyone hey everyone uh if you're listening to this stop what you're doing don't do that uh but if you are sitting somewhere safe i need you to open up your phone and google this to understand the the eldritch unknowable being that is what just entered my brain and will never leave when i sleep so there's a theme park dedicated to this in 1976 you're telling me yes they got a whole theme park information on this theme park is very slim yeah i'm sure it's unknowable this is a it it literally is i have it in my notes um trying to parse what exactly this park was like is very difficult that's word for word what i wrote (laughs) So, <laughs> it's, it's, it's vast in and unknowable, that's why. <laughs> it's vast and unknowable. Do you want to know how you get into this theme park, Austin? You get, <laughs> I really you get don't. into this. <laughs> you get into this theme park by getting on the world's lar- like longest mm-hmm. freestanding mm-hmm. escalator. <laughs> sure. And you've seen this spoofed. On the Fairly Odd Parents, because there's that episode where they go to like Escalator no. World or whatever. Do you? Yes. So that's when they're a... going up the S, yes, that's a reference. It has to be a reference. I couldn't find definitive, but like it has to be a reference to this theme park, this fucking theme park that was open in Atlanta in 1976 that has the world's largest freestanding escalator. I... And that was an attraction. Okay, everyone. <laughs> so a lot of times people will be like, if you had a time machine, where would you go? My answer before was nowhere, but my answer now is to this theme park. <laughs> that is, the, yeah. But I, I, I'm worried if we go like something like it. We're some. That is like when you see the moon open up, you know, and you see what you shouldn't see. I think that's what'll happen. Mm-hmm. Like it'll just be like in your brain, and we'll come back from our time vacation. Be like, how was the theme park? And we're like, I don't know. I, uh, I can't. I got in the machine. Say. Yeah, we got out of the machine. Oh, what happened? <laughs> what did we? What did pretty I do? Much, what did I do in 1976? That's wild because, like, pretty much, I was like scouring Reddit to find like people who were like talking about this theme park just to see what their experiences were, mm-hmm. and pretty much everyone was just like, "I don't remember it." Yeah, okay. I remember going, I, yeah, but I don't remember yeah, it. Absolutely not. <laughs> nope. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, I also wrote, after I wrote, trying to parse what exactly this park was, is very difficult. I also wrote, reading description of it is like ingesting word salad. <laughs> <laughs> I can't parse exactly what it's supposed to look like. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, no, uh-uh. You, nah, I'm, never mind, I'm not going, I'm super okay. 
Yeah, so it seems like it was a guided experience. Like, you go up the escalator, and then you, there's, like, several floors that are themed to different Sid and Marty Croft experience, like, shows and experiences. There's a floor that's, like, a carnival. There's, like, a floor that's, like, a forest. Mm-hmm. Um, one ride in there was, like, a pinball Omnimover ride in which... Do you know what an Omnimover car is? Uh, is that the... Is that the one that, like, is always moving? Yeah, okay. so, like, think, like, Haunted Mansion... Um, think like Buzz Lightyear's Space Ranger spin yeah. at Disney World. So the cars are constantly kind of in motion. So that keeps it going and that keeps like turnover really, really good mm-hmm. with like the lines. So this was like an Omni Mover shaped pretty much like a um, a pinball ball. Like so you're in the ball. You're in the silver pinball ball. Mm-hmm. That's the Omni Mover car. Mm-hmm. And you're sitting there and everything is kind of blown up to look like you're inside of a pinball machine. Mm-hmm. So you're the ball bouncing around. And I found one picture of this and it looks insane. It looks unreal. I can't believe this existed in 1970s. Sure. <laughs> um, so that looks pretty cool. And then there was like a glass carousel, which had like these wild, I found one picture of it and it has these wild, like mythological, like figures that you would ride on. And it was like mm-hmm. the craziest carousel I've ever seen in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's all I could find. That's it. That's it was open for six months. Um, what Sid and Marty Croft said about like the the kind of like failure of it was that the city had promised them that like that area of Atlanta was mm-hmm. going to be like kind of like revitalized. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why they put it there. So like at this point, Atlanta was like really really struggling. Mm-hmm. Like now you go to Atlanta and it's like a city and you're chill and it's fine. But it was not chill and fine back then. So mm-hmm. like people were not coming to that area because. They did not feel that it was safe. Right. Um, so ultimately, that's kind of what they said, you know, killed the killed the project. Mm. And um, in 1987, the building was purchased by, can you guess? Amazon. No, Ted Turner. Okay. It's Doug Dimmodome, <laughs> owner of the Dimsdale Dimmodome. Dimsdale Dimmodome. <laughs> It was purchased by Ted Turner in 1987, and he turned it into the headquarters for CNN, and it is still the headquarters for CNN today, and the escalator is still the longest freestanding escalator in the world. So you can go to this building, which is still set up. I need to be on this escalator. I don't know how. I know. But we are going to take this podcast, and we are going to get on (laughs) CNN (laughs) so we can ride the escalator. It's like the escalator goes into this globe. No, no, no. Oh, we can be there. No, we can do remote. It's super easy. No, 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 no. I I insist. <laughs> we are coming to CNN headquarters to be interviewed, and we are having the interview on the escalator. So the interview is going to last <laughs> just as long as this escalator ride lasts. No, you see the interview. Actually, it's going to be out of our New York branch. And listen here. I swear to fucking. We're going to if you plane. keep me from this motherfucking escalator, I will end you. <laughs> What the fuck, Brenda? Right. <laughs> what are you saying? It it was I was researching yesterday and I was like, well, old Chicago was kind of weird. That's probably as weird as it's gonna get. And then I was like, oh well, I've heard of Sid the world of Sid and Marty Croft. Let's you know, let's add that one in there. I wasn't Oops. prepared. <laughs> I wasn't prepared. So we do have to move on yeah. um, from that experience. Now we're in 1984 in Flint, Michigan. Yeah, oh yeah, here we go. This, here we go. Everyone go. So, here we go. So I do want to do a full episode on Auto World. 
Of course. So I'm only going to touch on it a little briefly because I can literally talk about Outer Worlds forever. You should go listen like, to Brenda talk about Outer Worlds on her pod, on her on her podcast, <laughs> on her YouTube page. <laughs> I love this this awful mistake that Outer World was. It's <laughs> it's fascinating. It encapsulates the spirit of Flint. <laughs> like, and I I love Flint. I live I live in Flint. So, um, Outer World is an indoor theme park that was built in Flint, Michigan in 1984. Mm-hmm. Um, it was originally Six Flags Auto World, and it was Six Flags' first indoor theme park. Now, I didn't get into Six Flags' second indoor theme park, but I definitely meant to, and I'm just realizing that I forgot to do that right now. So someday in the future, maybe we'll talk about Six Flags' second indoor theme park. I think it's in Philadelphia. But anyway, um, kind of similar to old Chicago is that it wasn't enticing to locals. Mm-hmm. It was not a full day experience. Mm-hmm. Um, it had a Ferris wheel. It had an IMAX. Mm-hmm. It had two dark rides, I believe. Mm-hmm. It's a little fuzzy. I think it had two dark rides. One of which I know was worked on by a Disney, like a former Disney Imagineer. Mm-hmm. Wild. Uh, it was all themed around cars and automobiles, which is Flint's. At one point, was Flint's major export, mm-hmm. and is no longer our major export. Mm-hmm. Our major export is I don't know. Um, we still make the Silverado, the Chevy Silverado here. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's nice. Um, yeah, so it was kind of like a combination of like old Chicago couldn't entice locals. And then Sid and Marty Croft was like working against its location. Mm-hmm. So Flint, no one really wanted to go to Flint because it had a reputation. People were like, I don't want to go there. I'm going to go to Cedar Point. Valid. Or Michigan's Adventure, which was, you know, it, it's not that far away. It's a couple hours away. But if you're already in the Grand Rapids-ish Muskegon area, mm-hmm. it's not a big deal to go to Michigan's Adventure. So you're going to go there instead. Um, or you're just going to go hang out in Detroit, like go to the DIA or something. Yeah. You're not going to go to Flint to um, learn about cars no. inside of a building. <laughs> we, we are cars. For- we are cars. I don't like. Let's not. It's a, really, it's yeah. a bad to be like. Here you can learn about cars. Oh, buddy, you get your feelings hurt. <laughs> yeah, it's like maybe people didn't want to know about cars, especially during a time in which GM was pulling their production out of Flint Ooh. in the eighties. <laughs> yeah, so like the whole the whole time just didn't add up. There was like a quote unquote attraction, which was like an animatronic. It was kind of like one of those animatronic like hybrid where there's like a guy with a microphone. Mm controlling mm. it as you talk to it it was an interactive experience but it was like an auto worker talking to an automation robot oh you know the the very thing that most people in flint um view as stealing jobs yeah the automation robot yeah so this is when those were really being implemented so people were like <laughs> no the locals weren't very jazzed about this um this is also the time period where um, Disney, who had previously had, like, attractions in their parks that were like, let's learn about molecular biology. Let's learn about also cars. <laughs> let's learn about energy. This was the time when they were kind of phasing out those attractions. Mm-hmm. They were like, people don't care about how a plane works in a theme park. No. We need to have thrill rides. So Auto World was also doomed on that front because all of, like, the other theme parks were no longer incorporating rides. Like... Auto World's whole concept. <laughs> <laughs> so it was just doomed from the start. It lasted like six months with the Six Flags name, and then Six Flags was like, oh, fuck, we fucked up and pulled out. And then it sporadically operated until 1994. And then 
Um, it was imploded, and that was the end. And now no, it's, it's where hole. the um, because yeah. It well, now it's where the the William the William S. White Building of Uni- University of Michigan Flint stands today. Um, and you can still see some of like the weird architecture in that surrounding area. There's like all this like kind of like weird seating from the 80s that they put in that was supposed to be like picnic areas mm-hmm. for auto world mm-hmm. and they were like well this this functions for a college it doesn't <laughs> goodness yeah and that yeah that was the end of end of auto world and so now flint doesn't have a theme park so i guess now's the time i'm kidding it's not <laughs> then Brenda announces her theme park plan <laughs> All right. That was such restraint. Everyone, I can't stress enough. Brenda is Brenda's literally vibrating with energy <laughs> on Auto World. It's like, oh god, I didn't mention the height, and I didn't mention all the other initiatives around the same time, and I didn't mention. Yeah, no, we'll get to that eventually. Um, now we're going to talk about a successful indoor theme park. So we've had we've had some failures, mm-hmm. some big failures in the indoor theme park. So I think the first one that really stuck in the United States, at least, was uh, Mall of America's Camp Snoopy. So. This was like kind of like a children's indoor quote unquote theme park mm-hmm. area that was put into the Mall of America and opened in 1992 mm-hmm. with the mall. Um, and this is actually still open today in some capacity. This is now Nickelodeon Universe and it has been since 2007. And this was the first Nickelodeon Universe location. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the Mall of America was um, built by the Triple Five Group. Mm-hmm who owns two other significant large malls. So they own the um, the American Dream Mall in New Jersey, mm-hmm. which unfortunately I can't get to that one today. That's a whole nother story. Mm-hmm. Um, and the West Edmonton Mall in um, Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. Mm-hmm. So this, Edmonton, the West Edmonton Mall was um, opened in 1983. Mm-hmm. So it actually like preceded Auto World, but it had its own indoor theme park which is actually bigger than Mall of America's indoor theme park. And it was originally called Fantasyland. Now, currently, it's called Galaxyland because Disney sued over the Fantasyland mm-hmm. name. Um, and because that was super successful, Triple uh, Five decided to open a theme park in their American mall, which is the Mall of America. And today, mm-hmm. it's a Nickelodeon universe. That's pretty much it. So it kind of proves that, like, both the one in the West Edmonton Mall and then the one in... Uh, Mall of America proves that you can have an indoor theme park slash mall hybrid and have it be successful. You just have to try. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, are you gonna you gonna say it? You could do it if you you know did it. <laughs> you know, like honestly, um, Mall of America doesn't make a lot of sense um, because it's like it's in Minneapolis, mm-hmm. it's in Minnesota, mm-hmm. which isn't like a big tourist location, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like kind of the same as like old Chicago was like in a suburb of Chicago that like didn't have a lot of tourism. Mm-hmm. Um, Auto World was in Flint, which didn't have a lot of tourism. Uh, Sid and Marty Croft was in Atlanta, which didn't have a lot of tourism at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so honestly, shouldn't have worked. And I didn't look into why it worked. That could be its own video um, or m- podcast, mm-hmm. whatever it mm-hmm. is <laughs> I'm doing right now. Um but it worked, and it continues to work, and the same probably can't be said for the American Dream Mall, which is its own shit show do you, that maybe I'll talk about in the do future. Do you think Mall of America works because it's called Mall of America? I think that might be some of it. Like, it was kind of, like, touted as this um, landmark, you know? Mm. This is, like, this is like a big 
American development. Mm-hmm. But we've also seen in other countries where that kind of concept doesn't mm-hmm. work. So in China, there's the South China Mall. Mm-hmm. Is it South China? South China Mall. In, um, is it in Guangdong? Guangdong? I don't remember where it is. Mm-hmm. But it's in an area mm-hmm. that's not not easily um, accessible from buses. Mm-hmm. It's kind of similar to Minneapolis. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was at one point the largest mall in the world. Oh. But it had... M- 10% occupancy. Oh, no. Yeah. So it's, South China Mall is huge. It's absolutely massive. The only things, and I think they've like kind of like fixed it up a little bit. I think the government got involved because it was like such a blemish mm-hmm. on China to have, they have the biggest mall, but nobody goes there and right. it's mostly abandoned. Like it was literally like they would just shut down parts of this mall. Like, because they just could not sustain it. There was, a, I think, a Pizza Hut and a KFC that did really well. There was, like, a Costco-type store that did really mm-hmm. well. They put it in, like, this, like, um, lower middle class area. Like, just, like, a lot of, like, factory families who could not afford to shop at, like, the high-end stores mm-hmm. in this mall. Mm-hmm. Um, and I purposely didn't put, like, any, like, foreign, like, indoor theme parks or indoor theme parks slash malls in this. Because it would just get too long because that's its whole other right. thing, like. Um, but they did have an indoor theme park and that was like one, also one of the only places that was successful mm. <laughs> in it. Yeah, so like, um, I feel like Mall of America is like, because it's the Mall of America, right? And they, it, whatever PR team consulting from the like, whoever they worked with to like get people excited about it. Like, cause Mall of America is in like every cartoon. It feels like in the nineties or a spoof on it. Like mm-hmm. it's like not called Mall of America or whatever, but it's like, it's Mall of America. It's big mall. Yeah big american mall yeah um that could have been it it also could have just been like the time period that it was opened because the 70s and the 80s 70s you had like the gas crisis 80s you just had like a very volatile economy in general Mm -hmm. um early 90s things were okay so it's kind of like you know early 90s like up to like 96 i think ish uh things were generally good economically Mm -hmm. so it also could have just been like right place right time um, people had money to spend people had money to travel and there's mm-hmm. this really cool big mall that you've seen in like all of these shows and that's been like advertised mm-hmm. a lot and every and, single um, show is like mall like every single show with teens in it is like mall like i mm-hmm. feel like mall the 80s was like popularizing consumerism so to speak but you didn't yeah. see it on tv like in t- every show people were like in their house or like in their backyard mm-hmm. or they weren't at mall but the 90s it's like I can think of like six shows where like mall was like one of the, like mall was one of the places they were like typically in the show. Yeah. Like the mall was just kind of like a hangout yeah. spot for everyone, for everyone for a while. Um, yeah. It's, it's a wild phenomenon. And I could also talk forever about malls, which I don't know if it falls into our wheelhouse, but just let me know. I love malls. <laughs> I mean, they sell toys sometimes. They do. Like, I, my first exposure to mall was KB Toys. That was, like, why I went to the mall yes. was KB Toys. And then to get to read manga and sometimes buy it from, <laughs> from Borders. Buy it if you really liked it. Yeah. Sorry, Borders. Oh, I, I should have bought more manga. <laughs> I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't know how businesses works. <laughs> There was nothing that could be done to save yeah, borders. It was the sacrificial lamb of Kmart. I could also talk about God. that. And then Kmart's like, don't <laughs> worry, guys, we'll make it. Oh, no. 
<laughs> oh no, we bought Sears. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> Who wants books? They want appliances. Oh no, they don't want either. <laughs> Uh-oh. Uh-oh, I guess we shouldn't have bought a failing company when we were already <laughs> failing. Oh no! I know how to bail the ship out, Captain. What do we do? We put it further underwater. Wait, what? Yeah, once we're full of so much water, we'll float. Because the boat's buoyant. Yeah! No, wait, but the boat's sinking. If the boat's sinking, how will more water help? Because it'll create surface tension. You're not making any sense. It'll work, just trust me. Eventually, if we sink far enough, we'll end up on the other side of the world. Mariana Trench. Which is kind of what happened. Wait a second. That kind of happened because Cameron's still successful in Australia. Hey. It, they, hey. Got him. Oh my god. Kmart CEO somewhere is like fucking got him. Here in Australia, they don't understand that we're a terrible business model. It's just like going to Target for them. That is absolutely wild. They, it's, I, I feel like that's like the Chuck E. Cheese method. Yeah, just fail enough and you'll succeed. Because Chuck E. Cheese stayed afloat. Even Toys R Us stayed afloat for a little bit. How come everyone is like, I'll just go to Australia and stay afloat until this all dies down? Yeah, like, what is it about Australia that make like you can survive? Like, this will all blow over and then I'll just come back later. Yeah. Yeah, hey. Why? Hey, Australian listener. Hey, Wasa. If you're- <laughs> <Wasa>. <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> Wasa, we don't know anything about Australia. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, do you got more about inside yeah. theme parks? I have one more theme park I'm going to highlight and then some very like quick ones I want to mention. Um, now, we're going to travel to Nevada. Okay. Las Vegas, Nevada, to be precise, to look at another successful indoor theme park. Kind of successful. And this is going to be... 1993's Grand Slam Canyon slash the Adventure Dome at Las Vegas' Circus Circus Hotel. That was an absolutely ludicrous name. <laughs> yeah. Um, so originally it opened um, as Grand Slam Canyon, which is a wild, wild name for a theme mm-hmm. park. Um, so the thing that you need to know about Las Vegas in the 90s is that they very spontaneously decided that they needed to uh, court families to Las mm-hmm. Vegas. This was the whole initiative of pretty much everything opened in the 90s in Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. Um, so Circus Circus is, at this point, you know, it opened in like like the 60s um, as as like a, th- like a hotel that would allow families to be there. And don't get me wrong, the Circus Circus is an unbelievable hellhole, mm-hmm. and I've been there. Um, <laughs> you ever wait in a line for McDonald's for three hours? <laughs> No. When you're not in New York? No, wait. No, I've no, I've not waited. If I'm at a fast food place and the line takes longer than 10 minutes, I leave. It was the only food. <laughs> <laughs> and do you ever wait in line at McDonald's for three hours and then you end up just getting a um, one patty with no condiments on a bun? Hey, Brenda, are you okay? <laughs> now that this happened to me at the Circus Circus in 2001. I can see that, they, that ne- something has harmed you. <laughs> yeah, my experience at the Circus Circus was wild. Like, imagine, like, a hotel where there's sad clown paintings in the room. Mm-hmm. That's Wait, Circus a Circus. sad clown clowns. painting? Sad clown painting. <laughs> clowns are everywhere. And um, for me, who has, is it called chlorophobia? I don't know if that's it. Know. Clownphobia. <laughs> clownphobia. It was a hellhole. 
and I'm in fifth grade, so I'm like, so this is this place is like still around, causing what this uh, depravity. Yes, it's still around, but so attached to the Circus Circus is what was formerly known as Grand Slam Canyon. It's now known as the Adventure Mm -hmm. Dome. Um, like this period in Las Vegas, there were other like family attractions that were opening. So you had the Big Dipper roller coaster. You had the Stratosphere opened around this time. And there were a couple like, they are flat rides, but they're not flat because they're attached to a building. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I'm going to say it had a couple of flat rides that like kind of peeked over the edge of the Stratosphere. And then there was a roller coaster up there. And then there was the MGM Grand Adventure um, which was the MGM Grand's full-sized, if not very tiny, mm. outdoor theme park. Mm. But the thing about Las Vegas is that it's in the desert, if you didn't know. <laughs> oh, and you're can- right. Las Vegas is in a desert. In in the desert. So it gets to be like 100 fucking degrees. Yeah, it's a perfect idea. So- this is a really good... It's good these attractions are in the desert. Yeah, it's great to have things outdoors when it gets to be 100 <laughs> degrees. <laughs> Like, it gets hot in Florida, and it gets hot in Anaheim, where Disneyland is, but not this hot. But it's hot. a desert. Not this, hey, this if is we want to get into a competition, desert will win. <laughs> desert, it's, if you've never been to the desert, it reaches heat that you can't fathom, and there is no humidity. And to actually try to cool it down, you use a thing called a swap cooler, which just puts humidity in the air and makes you think it feels better. <laughs> People are like, oh, but it's a dry heat. Yeah. You say that about, like, like you could say that here sometimes, you know, like, oh, but it's a dry heat at least. You've never been to a desert. I've never been to a desert, <laughs> and I don't particularly want to because I know I'm a baby. I like the desert, but it does sap your energy in unexpected ways <laughs> and at unexpected times. You just, if you're not ready for it, you're not ready for it. So walking around in an outdoor theme park in Las Vegas is um, a tiny mm-hmm. hell. So at least what the Adventure Dome had in mind was preferable being an indoor theme park. Um, But Mm. (laughs) what they did is they sheltered everyone from the elements underneath a massive pink dome. Mm. So everything inside is just absolutely unavoidingly pink. Sounds like a this sounds like if Harley Quinn made a battle dome. It's what it looks like. Look up a picture of this really quick, Austin. I want you to see how pink this is. It's called the Adventure Dome? Yep, um, Circus Circus. Yeah, sorry, Adventure Dome, Circus Circus, uh, Electric Bungalow, Las Vegas, <laughs> Grand Slam. <laughs> oh, this is like very, like the pictures I'm getting, it's like, oh, here's some of people on the rides and here's some like mock-up photos. But like the first one I got is like a bit empty and it's very liminal space feeling because it's all pink. Isn't it? It's all pink. It's like pink and they they did a lot of cool theming to it to make it look like quote unquote Grand Canyon-ish. There's like a lot of like interesting like red rock work around. There used to be dinosaurs in it that would like spit water at you as you walked by. Because it's the Grand Canyon and who there's a bunch of, hey, you think they all got dinosaurs down there? Grow up. Full of dinosaurs. Chock full of them. Yeah. So it's just like this like it's an indoor theme park. There's a roller coaster in there. There's um, a lot of fake rocks, some flat rides. Oh, the outside looks it's like this... an evil villain lair. Doesn't it? The Circus Circus in general looks like an evil villain lair in its entirety. Like, 
the dome and the big neon lights. It's just, it's baffling. Uh, one of the rides is called Canyon Blaster, and that is way too sexual for a ride. <laughs> Very fitting for Las Vegas. <laughs> Hey, baby, I'm going to try the cannon blaster tonight. <laughs> <laughs> so this is still open and it outlived pretty much every other like, quote unquote, family attraction in Vegas. They since moved away from this. They were like, oops, our bad. So like they took out the giant arcade at the Luxor and they took all they took the roller coaster off the stratosphere. Mm-hmm. The flat rides are mm-hmm. still up there. Um, the Big Dipper, not Big Dipper, Big Apple roller coaster still does run but everyone kind of hates it because it's a bad roller coaster um yeah and mgm grand adventure the outdoor full-size if not small outdoor Mm -hmm. theme park did close down it didn't last very long at all and so the adventure Mm -hmm. dome somehow inexplicably is still kicking sure (laughs) it doesn't make a lot of sense but it's still it's still open um if you've suffered through the film baby geniuses this is the theme park Featured I have in that not. Movie. This I is don't late. think I've seen Baby Geniuses. It's a hell. <laughs> it's an absolute hell. But this is a theme park in it. So is that? That's not the one where they're like secret agent babies, is it? No, that's Baby Geniuses too. Secret agent babies. I've seen that one. <laughs> I've seen the one where they're like secret agents. I've not seen the average. I didn't realize that was a sequel. <laughs> I think that's a, I think the first one's just like we're babies and we're smart and I think the second one is we're babies and we're secret agents. So I blocked out most of baby geniuses so I can't tell you if that's right or not. And that's that's indoor theme parks. I have a couple honorable mentions. Okay. Um didn't talk about Disney Quest because that's an episode into itself. Um uh Nickelodeon Universe at American Dream Mall mentioned that one briefly. Mm-hmm. That's also at ap- American Dream Mall in general is absolutely mm-hmm. wild. Um Every single water park hotel just didn't feel like it. Didn't count them as an indoor theme mm-hmm. park. And then I have a couple international mentions. Mm-hmm. Um, Latte World in um, Seoul, South Korea. Um, Latte World is South Korea's like largest theme mm-hmm. park. It has an outdoor portion. It has an indoor portion. Mm-hmm. So like that's been pretty successful. It's like their Disneyland. Mm-hmm. Um, Joyopolis in uh, which is what was Sega's premier indoor theme mm-hmm. park. Um, Used to have like a lot of locations throughout uh, Tokyo and a couple other places around mm-hmm. the world. Now there's only three. There's one in Tokyo, Shanghai, and Qingdao, and then there's um, couple couple others that are opening in um, China mm-hmm. later this year. Hmm. Uh, Warner Brothers World in the United Arab Emirates. It's a Warner Brothers themed theme park. It looks really cool. It's all indoors because um, the United Arab Emirates is also in the desert. Yeah. Uh, Motion Gate Park. Is another indoor theme park in the United Arab Emirates. There's so many indoor theme parks in that area. I just wanted to mention a couple. That's to be kicking a normal humans ass, man. I don't, I don't know how to explain it more to y'all. Be I, de- desert will win. <laughs> desert will always win unless it's the middle of the night and then it gets unrepentingly cold. And you know what? Desert will still win. <laughs> desert will still win no matter what. Desert will get you. So you must be ready for desert if you. If you are not ready for desert, desert will win. Desert will win. The amount of theme, like theme parks, both indoor and outdoor, in the United Arab Emirates is a stand. Like they have like just they use really interesting IPs. Like they have like a Plants vs Zombies chunk in this Motion huh. Gate Park, and there's like a whole DreamWorks section, um, and Smurfs. I think maybe 
it's it's very interesting to look into. Um, there's a lot of Legolands scattered throughout this yeah. land, and a lot of them are indoors. I liked Legoland when I went. Um, I've never been, so maybe that's just why I have no attachment that's to fair. it. I feel like a lot of the ones that failed were ones that were like, yeah, but fuck the people who are here, am I right? And then the ones that succeeded weren't yeah. like that. They were like, we're just trying to attract people. We don't really care where you come from. We just like money. Yeah, they're like, it's also important. It's important to get like people in the community where the park is located to also go. That's kind of like we were briefly talking about Disneyland's, mm-hmm. um, like, they got rid of their annual pass for like people who live in like the LA area yeah. and like how detrimental Good that luck. is. <laughs> Good luck with and that. Listen, it's LA like, people do not fuck around. Good luck. <laughs> Good luck with that. Um, last park I wanted to mention is the Wanda Movie Park, it's in Wuhan, uh, China. And it closed in 2016. Um, it could not. It was an indoor, like, kind of movie-themed park. But it was all, like, kind of, like, movie-adjacent. So they didn't have any IPs. Mm. So it was like, this is kind of Terminators. But it's not, you know. <laughs> you can't so see us. All, yeah, it was, like, all just adjacent. and Which is interesting, because Wanda, uh, Wanda is, like, a company in, like, a movie company in mm. China that could have gotten some IPs, but chose not mm. to. It was all kind of, like cheaply done and it closed in 2016 Mm -hmm. because it could not compete with shanghai disneyland Mm. so it's all very interesting like what ones have succeeded and i concentrated on the united states because like i think it's like a unique market um every like country is going to have its own unique market and have things that will work and things that won't work and in the u.s it seems mall of america works and a random (laughs) adventure dome in the middle of the desert works and that's it. <laughs> so, huh. I don't really have a takeaway as to what that means, but that's what I that's what the data has shown. Data doesn't lie, but it can be vast and unknowable. Truly. I mean, anyway, don't open an indoor theme park. Disney couldn't do it. <laughs> um I think that's it, Brenda. I think that's it. I think I got through everything. Time looks good. I have no concept of how long this episode is because I had to answer the phone twice i think it's around the right time and if i think it's we're not, good it's our show and you can stuff it um we can make this show 10 minutes and you can't stop us i think the network could, could stop us it could be like they'll your be like hey your show's been really short lately are you okay no we're in the middle of a panini <laughs> but yeah that's Oh, Lucky has something to say. Oh. Lucky, what do you want to say? Let me pick up my microphone. Lucky, what do you have to say to the people? Lucky? <laughs> oh, wow. Thank you. Anything else? Oh, please rate us five stars out of five on Apple Podcasts. Oh. Okay, yeah. Sailor Moon can be right. Goku. Interesting. Oh, wow. Lucky, you're really wise. <laughs> Oh, Lucky well, says that's all the time we have for today. Whoa. Thank you so much for yeah, listening, everybody. Ah, Lucky! Thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode of Secret Histories of Nerd Mysteries. Our music was provided by Esperanza Garay Negron, and you can find their music on Bandcamp at knifenun.bandcamp.com. Our introduction was voiced by Cafe 3G. You can find him under that handle on Twitter and Instagram. This podcast is a part of the Nacellecast Podcast Network. You can find us at Nerd Mysteries on Twitter. The show is edited and produced every week by the amazing host Brenda. And as a reminder, please, please, please... 
for listening to the podcast. Throw us a five-star review. Helps the show out a lot. Tell a friend about the show. And until next time, historians, see ya.